jasmine, oolong, green, and white. Long ago, these four teas were skillfully brewed at the Blissful Brew. Then, everything changed when the shop's popularity threatened its existence. All Mr. Okoron, the shop's owner and tea master, could do was to recruit four teenage orphans to learn his trade and staff his shop. A year has passed since the orphans were hired, and although their skills have progressed, they still have a lot to learn before they can brew anything. But I believe that they have the potential to make the Blissful Brew the greatest tea shop in the world. Last time on Benders and Brews, an Avatar Legends podcast. There's a factory in Yudao that has been repurposed to make large-scale weapons. We need you to break into the facility and hit them in several key points in order to severely disable it. The furnace, the assembly line, and the casters. Nothing a trusty clipboard can't get us into. I'm with uh, with OSHA, sir. I'm here to do a little, uh, just do a little check of your uh, your construction site. Make sure everything's up to code. I'll tell Guo Han. You go over to the assembly line. Uh, Mika, <laughs> you make your way over to the furnace. I'm And I'm gonna put the, a sledgehammer on my shoulder and start walking towards the caster <laughs> and just break him. Whoa, you're over at the assembly line. I just grab a whole tool belt and strap <laughs> that on. Strap it on. <laughs> nice. So I'm gonna take take the crowbar and try to pry off like the side of the assembly line, like the guard that's keeping all the, the stuff on the belt. So Guo's gonna use the hammer now to and just start untightening bolts underneath. And as you do, you know, things start to like buckle a little bit on the assembly line and you can hear it just to like a stop. You've caused such a versatile amount of different damage. Uh, a voice emanates from behind you. He says, name's Mayu Minyu. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benders and Brews Season 2. We are on the final two episodes of Season 2 before we kind of finish things up. And then I've got a bit of an announcement that'll come your way in the form of kind of its own little audio episode thingamabobber um, about some changes, about some cool new additions that we're adding to the show. But whatever the case, we'll get into that later. For now, we're doing Episode 11 of of season two so we'll go around the table we got all everybody's here today uh get some interesting character facts starting with connor aka brock lee the earth bending moonlighting fighter guy yeah um so kind of pulling from real life here since real you know, life yeah uh brock is consistently late to things that he is not told <laughs> about ahead of time he needs to be smacked across the face with the plans in order to you know actually make it on time gotcha gotcha is there uh and this is outside of bill like tricking him into thinking like plans were yeah yeah this is i mean just independently he's what the kids call stupid so he's stupid enough on his own all right fair enough Jeez, um, awesome! All right, he's, moving. He's what they base the expression "dumb as a box of rocks" off of. That's, yeah, that's the one. Uh, moving on, we got uh, Dave, aka Guohan. So Guohan, he would travel city to city with the carnival, 
and you know he wouldn't always get fed the best and what he what he did get fed was kind of bland mm. it's like a bowl of oats <laughs> overnight oats or something the cheap stuff <laughs> uh, some of the animals ate better than he did for sure but he would he picked up a bit of foraging skills along the way so as they were traveling he would look at what other people were eating and stuff and he figured out what herbs and spices he could or plants he could find along the trail and add to his food so he's like he's like remy at the beginning of ratatouille where he's like he finds that chunk of cheese and he's <laughs> like you know what would be great with this cheese and then he found like some i don't even remember what it was some kind of grass or something and then he like squeezed a little bit of you know, like <laughs> residue or water or whatever from it and Interesting. Oh, that makes sense. That makes uh, sense. He's a bit like Arthur Morgan. <laughs> Red Dead 2. <laughs> Man, Glow's really making quite the like chef character. Yeah, he's turned it into a out. bit of a foodie. Yeah, know? he is. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Moving on to Cameron, aka Bill Dore, slash uh you said your real name a, f- a couple episodes ago. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Ash Ketchum. It was not Ash Ketchum. <laughs> it, was, it was Ash Goldberg. Blank. <laughs> it was Ash Unknown. Yeah. That sounds kind of cool, actually. Ash Unknown. Ash That's his legal name. Okura. Wait, he's... <laughs> his what? It wasn't unknown a Pokemon. <laughs> oh, Dang no. It, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Ash's mom Ash. is a Pokemon. Pokemon. There's, there's my fun fact. About Bill. He's a Pokemon? No. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> Isn't there a weird Pokemon theory that Ash's dad is like Mr. Mime or something? <laughs> well, yeah. Or no, it's Professor Oak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, what's the relationship between Mr. Mime and Ash's mom? I don't know. Because <laughs> he does live there and does all the house chores and stuff. Um, but yeah, okay, sorry. What is what is Bill <laughs> Bill's fact? Oh, it was just that his real name's Ash. You already, we already, we already knew that. that. Okay, okay. His, what I was going to say is... What's his last name? Oh. I'm not going to say what his last name is. Because that could show up later. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of an important name. Sure. It's in, not. In terms of the... Uh, don't hold your breath. The fiction. Well, there. There's my fun fact, then. If you, You're just going to, like, drop a... No, a no. I'm not going to say his last name. I'm just going to drop a hint where, and say that his, his last stat? name is pretty important. No. <laughs> That's, like, that's Bill, or sorry, Ash, pretty important. Ash, Ash pretty yeah. important, yes. Ash, no, no, he's wordy. from a... It's like the clipboard a thing. Ash, or Bill, is from a rich family. And that's what I mean by he's... Uh, Are we talking like Daddy important. Warbucks? I ain't... No, no, is not he, Daddy Warbucks. Is he part no. of the Shifu family? That's why you were able to just know where the kitchen was and make a sandwich? Yeah. See, that actually is part of it, uh, is that... What? <laughs> Bill is used to living in a mansion, so uh, he knows Ash, the general. Ash, Ash V Bucks, V Bucks. Ash lived in a mansion. Bill lives off the land Ash with his both staff. Got that Fortnite money. But both, both, both Ash. <laughs> That's and why I'm so good at building. <laughs> but Ash and Bill both. Love is both staff. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So. Awesome. Fantastic. That's cryptic for sure. Uh, Michaela, aka Mika, unknown. <laughs> what? Uh, what is Mika's interesting fact? 
Uh, Mika's interesting fact is she loves to do puzzles. However, she's never completed one. And it's not because she's stupid and she can't put a puzzle together. It's because there's always one piece missing. She can never find it. So, you know, could be her fox dog that's losing them. Maybe it's one of the boys, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Brock, what are you doing with Mika's... Puzzle pieces. He's making a rock puzzle. He's making a puzzle. Rock takes one piece from a puzzle at a time, and then he just mashes it into one of the whatever he's building. He's slowly making a collage of odd puzzle pieces. He's like, these definitely go together. It's a purple and a red piece. They match. It's fine. I like to think. I like to think that uh, he, he thinks that they're like missing pieces. He's like, "Whoa, I found another missing piece for my my puzzle I'm putting together." And because, like, dude, it was literally in the box with the other pieces. You monster! It was missing from my puzzle. <laughs> yeah, you took his piece. Yeah, he just looks at it and he goes, "Oh my gosh, this is the piece I've been missing." He smashes it into his. Uh, hey, everybody! I'm Skyler. I'm the game master. Uh, interesting fact about me, I have a pack of adult diapers at my work office, and not for the reason you think. Mm. All right, let's go. All right, and we're back. Uh, it is episode 11. You guys had just gotten to Udow. One, gotten to Udow. Two, you tried to find the mysterious Mayu Yinyu. That Mr. Okaran had told you about that he had some sort of friendship with. Um, and the next clue was going to come from from this mysterious Mayu Yinyu. Uh, three. You guys searched Mayu Yinyu and found the theater, the local theater, where you sort of looked around to try to find answers, find out who he was. And instead, you received a mysterious note that gave you three options of some sort of job to do for a rebel organization that seems to be residing in the city of Yudao. Uh, they are trying to stop the Fire Nations that are, and thank you, Connor, gentrifying. Do right you word? say it? Yeah, that was definitely right. Can you use it that way? Gentrifying? Is that... I think so. Moving okay. people out so you can put in a new right. sort of place. Yeah, yep, yep. So awesome. Yeah. They were doing that to the city of Udao, trying to kick out the earthbenders and replace the sort of community with firebenders. I think that was the biggest plot twist so far in this whole show. The was Brock, Brock saying the Brock word gentrification. gentrification. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that's uh, the hey, biggest plot twist. You know what, though? Twist. Given your past, it would kind of make sense that you would you would know about that and what happened to some extent. You learn, you learn it from the streets. The streets, not, not from, not from books or the fancy readings. Man, people <laughs> on the streets—they know they the, the vocab. We go over our yeah, just, Latin roots. That's like right. Slang, gentrification. <laughs> Yo, you know, gentrification. slang, typical slang. Typical street slang. Brock <laughs> grew up on the corner of Main and Gentrification Street. <laughs> <laughs> um. Once you guys uh, found out about this organization, like I said, you received that note. Um, They asked you to do a job for them. You guys chose the option sabotage, which sent you to go sabotage a uh, Fire Nation factory where they were developing some sort of weapons. And thanks to the power of clipboards uh, and calling out the whole OSHA to help you, Mm -hmm. you were successful in this endeavor. Um, Congratulations to all of you for that. As you guys were leaving the facility, 
a voice called out from behind you. You turn to find a man that calls himself Mayu Yinyu. And that's where we pick back up. He stands there before, I, you know, I do this whole, like, pick back up, and it's like, I just played for the audience, like, a whole, like, recap of the episode, but, oh. you know, it's nice to, like, sort of round out that, that recap. But anyways, that's where you guys are standing at. He stands before you, he says, well, that was a pretty impressive job you guys just pulled there, I gotta say, I, uh, I wasn't thinking you'd be quite so successful, but well done. My name's Mayu Yinyu. What uh? What are your names? Well, names uh, Yin Yu Yuma. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Yin Yu Yuma. Now, hey, I gotta ask. You know the gal that uh that is your mother that gave you that name. Uh, she ever talk about me? Uh, never actually met my mother. Oh, my mother. Well, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure she must be a fan if she gave you a name like that. Uh, nice to meet you, uh, uh, Yin, Yin, sorry, what was it again? Ah, I'm just kidding. My name's Glow. Oh, <laughs> you got me. You got me good. Uh, but hey, you know what? That's a lot easier to remember. Uh, nice to meet you, Glow. You'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Uh, oh, who, who are the rest of you, uh, you, you kids? I, you know, I wasn't even expecting kids, to be honest with you. I thought uh, you guys would be full-grown adults. But, uh, hey, you know, that's what I get for assuming. And we assumed that you'd be a woman. Oh, well, hey, you know, assumptions go both ways. And, uh, you know, they make us both look like uh, donkey birds. So, I'm Bill. No, oh, Bill, nice to meet you. Nice yeah. to meet you. I'm Brock. Brock, right on. You're you're. Tall glass of water, my friend. Yes, sir. And I still have my very powerful clipboard. Thank you for noticing. Yeah, that's quite the clipboard there. It looks uh, like genuine made. Out of rocks, yes. Yeah, yes out of is. rocks. You know, <laughs> is it heavy? No, not really. Huh? No, right not. on. Hey, you know, big strong guy like yourself, I can't imagine it'd be much for it to you. So. Yeah, it's, it's nothing really. All right on. And uh, who's this, uh, who's this uh, little lady right here? Mika. Mika. All right on. Nice to meet you, Mika. Uh, well, fantastic. Where, where are you guys from? What, uh, what made you so interested in the, uh, well, myself and the rescue team squadron? Oh, we worked for Mr. Okuron and... Uh... Oh, Mr. Okuron. Now, see, there's a guy. There's a guy. There's a guy right there. There's a guy. There's yeah. a nice guy. Good guy. Uh, what's <laughs> see still running that tea shop? You get that tea shop opened up? I'm just kidding. I know he got that tea shop opened up. I saw him a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago. How long was it? That was about a month ago. Maybe a little longer. Do we tell him? Uh, sure. There's nothing to tell. Yeah, there's plenty to tell. He's discussing something to tell. It sounds like there's something to tell. Well, yeah, we're here about something important. All right. Uh, Mr. Okaron, uh, right? He's dead. Oh. <laughs> and uh, you know, this guy has been pretty, like, you know, smiley and chuckly, and you know, real charismatic. But uh, you definitely see a, a real sadness kind of fall across his face. This sort of like graven uh, physique, you could say, kind of comes over him, and uh, he looks down at the ground. And he kind of like just kind of kicks at the dirt. And he's like, "Well, uh, that's not." cool uh that's a real bummer for sure uh how'd you know him 
Oh man, me and Okaron, man, we went way back. You know, he came to uh, to Udow. I was performing, uh, but I had a, a sore throat, and you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I'm a pretty big deal around these parts, you know. And uh, I've been performing for a long time, you know. Not that I'm old <laughs> or anything. I mean, I'm only like <laughs> 32. <laughs> After okay, 34, you got me. But I digress. <laughs> uh, I'm only 34, and. Uh, well, you know, like I said, I, I'm pretty good at what I do. And uh, so it was, a, it was a big, you know, nerve-wracking deal to know that I was about to go on stage, perform in front of a bunch of people, and, I mean, my throat was messed up. And, you know, there was nothing I could do. And I just left. I just ran out of there. Uh, they had to do, like, an encore performance for my uh, opening acts, you know, because, like, I wasn't there, and they're freaking out. They're running all over. Only thing I could think of to do, go get some tea. Maybe that'll help, you know? Get a sore throat, get a frog in your throat, whatever the case. You drink some tea, put some honey in there. You know, sometimes it helps work itself out. Sure enough, uh, I see this little traveling, uh, this chunky guy running a little tea stand or whatever, just making his way through you down. I don't even think he, he was living here at the time. Well, I know he wasn't. I talked to him afterwards. I digress. Anyway, so uh, he gives me this tea. He's like, this will, this will fix you right up. He does a pretty good impression of uh, Mr. Yeah. Okaron. And uh, I drank that, and man, I mean, I don't think I ever sounded better. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. I ran back to the theater. I gave him some tickets. He came along. Uh, I think he left the show a little early because he just sold tea to the people as they were leaving, which, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, got to gotta love the hustle. But, uh, yeah, we had a we had a couple of drinks, and I uh, offered to let him stay at my place for a couple of days. We really got to know each other. And, yeah, he's just a generally great guy. Sometimes I go down to Gowling. Is that where you guys are from then? Uh, I don't, none of us are, right? That's where we live currently. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. That's where we came from. Right. Oh, okay. Okay, right yeah. on. So that's probably how you met him. Well, right? we all worked at his shop. Oh, really? So he did get it up and go. Well, like I said, I knew it, but like I didn't know he had like a full staff. I mean, that's a that's yeah. a lot more than he kind of... He said it was just like a little old tea shop, and I'm just thinking his little like mobile, yeah. you know, whatnot that he had going and... Wow, that's awesome. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess it's not as awesome because, because he's not around anymore. But uh, we all have our time. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, man, I'm gonna miss that guy. But we're doing what we can to keep the shop open. Oh, awesome! You see, after he died, they wanted to close it, and the only way that we can keep it open is if we can get his will. Hmm. But he. <laughs> For some reason, carefully hidden his will behind a series of riddles, puzzles, like a will scavenger hunt. Hmm. And you were the next clue. And, and, I mean, what, what was the last clue that you found? Go on. You found, you found this guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> He has the last Oh, oh. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, but no, we found uh, this this box with a letter. Well, it had letters on the bottom. We had to read between the lines of the letter. Right. To find you. What was the last clue? I don't remember. Well, out of curiosity, uh, you, you mentioned a box. It wasn't by any chance like a music box, was it? It was a music box, yes. Interesting. Well, that would explain the weird package I got from him a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago? Yeah, he sent me this weird package. I opened it up, and there was a there was a kalimba in there. 
which I thought was odd because, I mean, I, he knows I play, but I just, you know, it's not like I've ever, like, needed one. And it didn't mm-hmm. seem all that, like, I'm not trying to sound rude or anything, but it didn't seem different from just, like, your typical everyday kalimba, whatever. But, you know, it was, it was a nice gift. And there was, like, a weird letter in there, and it mentioned something about some kids that would come asking for it, which... You know, I've been talking this whole time, and, you know, that just didn't click with me until just now. So, uh, you know, hey, that's probably you guys. Do you have that kalimba on you? Ooh, all right. So, that's where things get a little bit complicated. Um, Hey, we're really close to that factory. Why don't you guys come with me back to the base, now that I know that you guys are pretty chill, and you guys are friends with Okoran, I feel like I can trust you guys. Uh, why don't you guys come with me to the base and we can explain everything and I can help you figure out how to get this kalimba. Uh, cause I'm actually in a little bit of a dilemma with it as well. Not the kalimba per se, but something adjacent to it. And, uh, you know, I could probably, you could your guys' help. You guys could use my help. I think it'll be a, a solid situation for everybody. Honestly, if that's, if that's cool with you guys. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So he, uh. He leads the way, and he takes a few twists and turns, uh, but he kind of keeps you guys just on the outskirts of the city. You guys go through, like, some bushes and some other stuff. It feels kind of weird. He's just, like, leading you almost into the deeper, into, like, the woods outside the city. Um, and so the city itself kind of sits on top of a cliffside. So he takes you over close to the edge of the cliffside, and he pulls back some bushes, and you see what looks like one of those mail shoots. Kind of like what you saw in the Avatar show, right? The the mail shoots that they use to move little slides that they can send packages all across the city on, right? Mm-hmm. And they got one of these mail shoots, and they got a little cart on the on the top of it. It's a pretty wide, large cart. You could probably fit a few people in it. Um, there's like maybe three of these carts sitting up there, and he's like, "All right, this is how we get to the base. Hop on in." And he's he hops into one of the front carts. Any motions for you guys to, to join him in either his cart or one of the other carts? I hop in the cart with him. All right. Well, I feel like you should hop in the cart with him since you can't really bend your way over there. I would imagine it requires a bending. I have a bow staff. I could, <laughs> you know, hit the... Okay, fine. I'll hop in this cart. Okay. Well, you can hop in any of the carts. Oh, I don't I'll, think everybody's going to fit in one cart. I'll hop in a different cart. I'll okay. hop in the one with Bill because otherwise we'll probably get stranded there. I'm not. Uh, Meek, are you, are you hopping Weak. in? My rock. Your own cart. All right. I can use my bow staff I'll, to like paddle. Okay, fine. <laughs> I won't help and you paddle this boat. I don't think we need a paddle. It's pretty downhill. That's true. Oh, it's downhill? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought it was like a railroad track. No, it kind of, so basically it's going off the cliff, like almost over just nothingness, right? And then it seems to like kind of curve off down towards lower. Yeah. Brock, um, cliffside. I, Brock, I think you're going to love this. <laughs> oh, I won't for sure. Um, all right, so... He's going to be like, stick your hands up. It's, like, <laughs> it's more fun. <laughs> um, Mayu Yin Yu pushes off his with Guo in it. Um, uh, Bill, I'm assuming you're pushing off with your stick as best you can. Yeah. It, it takes a little bit, but sure enough, yeah, you're able to push it onto the track. And once you're kind of on that, it starts to just kind of carry you down. Uh, Mika, what are, you, what are you doing to get yours going? Um, I am using my water from my thing, my okay. drink catcher. How, how, describe to me what this looks like. Um, is, well, I'm using it to push from behind, so it's just like. Okay. 
a whirlpool in it oh. and since pushing okay, me. Okay, so then it's just kind of like yeah. donk in the back of it until it gets on the tracks. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so you're able to push yours onto uh, the track as well. And that kind of, again, inertia kicks in and you guys start going down. It is a pretty wild ride. Lots of speed. You guys, some of you may be lifting your hands up in the air because it feels kind of like a roller coaster. So basically what it does is it curves off the edge of this cliff over just nothingness. You can see just underneath, you know, as you look ahead on the track, there are some like tall uh, sections of wood that kind of hold this track up as you go down. But I mean, it's not big and it's not like looks super sturdy. So it's a little bit nerve wracking. But as you guys kind of come around this curve, you can see that what it does is it kind of just shoots you right into the side of the cliff. There's a big opening and you just go right oh, inside. No yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you go right inside this big opening. And then once you get into the opening, uh, everything's just pitch black, but you're still on the move, uh, which is absolutely terrifying because you don't know where you're going at the moment. Um, Mayu, Yinyu shouts, you know, behind him, uh, don't worry, it's a little bit scary, but uh, we're going to be okay. Trust me, I just came down this earlier today and it's all, it's good to go. Don't worry. Um, and sure enough, eventually uh, you can see a light at the end of the tunnel. And as you guys come to the end of that, it opens up into this massive cave. Um, I'm talking like, you know, city sized. You can actually, as you guys kind of slide into this, you can see um, small buildings actually passing by you as you kind of come in. And you see people, there are people in there, there's hundreds probably of people that are inside of this cave. Um, they're moving from these buildings to buildings. It's almost like a, a mini town inside of this massive cavern that seems to sit underneath the entire city of Yudao. And eventually your cart slows to a stop and there's kind of like a little end of the track section as it slows. Um, and as you guys reach that, there's a couple of guys, uh, earthbenders there wearing earthbender uniforms. And as you guys get out, they kind of like use some earthbending to kind of start pushing the, um, the carts back up the mail chute. And you stand inside of this massive uh, rescue team squadron base that, like I said, is almost like a small town underneath the city of Yudao. And Mayu Yinyu looks at you guys. He says, well, I bet you guys are pretty surprised, right? We got quite the operation going on down here. What do you think? I don't know, kind of seems to be expected for a secret group organization. Well, she's not very easily impressed. Oh, you know <laughs> not what? Hey, fair enough. Uh, well, I'll say enough. this is a pretty solid base. It's hey, cracking. Thank you. Thank you. See, now this guy gets it. See, this is a lot better than our old base. We actually had an above ground base uh, before, and you know, this is kind of boring. Right. That seems kind of stupid. Right, right. It is. It was. Uh, but, you know, this underground one is, like, way cooler. And, uh, you know, if I'm, t if I'm being honest with you guys, this is actually the rescue team squadron, like, their entire organization's main base. Like, this is, like, a pretty big deal. Uh, the other one that we had, the old one, that was just, like, the Dow base. But we ended up moving it because, like, we got found out. Uh, that was awkward. Uh, so we came down here instead. So, uh, don't try to like go back through the tunnel. Just FYI, uh, I was, you couldn't see me, but I was deactivating traps along the way. So like, if you go back down there, they're going to be activated again. And that's not, safe. are you bluffing? No, I, I mean, I'm just trying to keep you guys safe. Like I mean, if you want to leave, let me know and I, well, we'll take the safe way out. Seems like you're bluffing. Uh, Hey, um, you know, you do you, man. <laughs> I, like I said, I'm just doing this for your safety. 
let you know. But uh, whatever the case, uh, yeah, welcome welcome to the Rescue Team Squadron Base. Uh, I'll take you guys over to, like, kind of the main area. Uh, you guys can meet, you know, the other, like, important people like myself. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we can uh, kind of get you guys informed on, on what the plan is. So as you guys are walking and make your way through this, like I said, practically a town, um, you see a lot of different things. There's stations uh, where blacksmiths are working to make weapons. There's training areas where rebel soldiers are working on their fighting styles and their bending. Uh, there's medical bays where healers are taking care of the weak and sick. Not all of them, you can look and you see that not all of them are rebel soldiers. Some of them are just kind of general citizens. There's children, there's elderly, you know. Um, just like earth bending, water bending, and, or sorry, earth kingdom, water nation, etc. Just individuals just kind of seem to exist here. It's a very like melting pot of the avatar society. Um, there's other similar facilities, you know, you might pass by it just a little too fast to be able to see what it is that they do there. But I digress. Like I said, it's, it's very much like a entire city down here. Um, you actually even watch as some earthbenders are just kind of using their earthbending to kind of erect a uh, little house for a small family that's just kind of sitting there and they like go inside and you can see them like doing a bunch of stuff to make the furniture and like the the other parts of like the inside of the house and everything. So you can tell that like thanks to the earthbender's ability to manipulate the stone and manipulate the earth, um, it's really easy for them to put up a base like this uh, to really just build the buildings that they need and so on and so forth. So as you guys uh, continue following Mayu, you come to what looks like a big kind of open concept uh, facility where there's a big circular table kind of in the middle of this, this space. And there's a number of individuals that are kind of bent over it. And as you guys enter, you see a map what looks like uh, it's kind of a 3d map actually because again earthbending it's all little like stone miniatures mm. <clears throat> and you see them kind of like pointing at different spots on this what looks to be a large building or facility um kind of set inside of like what seems to be like ruins uh and they're all kind of analyzing it or pointing at spots and and talking to each other and as you guys are walking in here brock uh you actually notice a familiar face here oh do i yes you see sora your friend who helped you break out of prison girl back friend. In do i know you do <laughs> and she seems to be kind of just standing Hoggers. off to the side um <laughs> Uh, kind of just overseeing it. But as you guys approach, she looks up and she sees you and her eyes get really wide and she starts waving and you hear a shout out. Oh my gosh, Brock Lee! What in the world are you doing here? Did you finally decide to join up with us? Actually, if I'm honest, I had no idea this place existed until about 10 minutes ago. And by this point, of course, all the other individuals have kind of stopped their planning or whatever it is they're doing. They're looking at you guys as you approach. She says, well... I, for one, am so glad you found us. How the heck have you been? Uh, I've been doing all right ever since uh, we broke out. I've just been laying low, working at a tea shop, and now we're on this sort of wild goose chase treasure hunt to let us out here. Right on. Look at you making something of yourself. Say, did you ever get into that fighting ring or whatever it was you talked about to help you get stronger? Uh, here and there a little bit, but, uh... Yeah? You gotten any stronger since the last time I saw you? And she kind of like, she like throws a punch at your shoulder. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Well, you'll have to show me later. Right now we're in the middle of a planning session, actually. I'm glad you can make it. What's going on? 
And Mayu looks at me, he's like, hey, yeah, I uh, <laughs> found these kids. Uh, they kind of answered our little, like, help wanted ad. Remember what we, uh, we were looking for somebody to take down the factory? Yeah, these kids did it. Sora's like, Pfft. I'm not even surprised knowing that Brock was involved. He helped me bust out all those earthbenders out of that prison camp way back when. You all remember that, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, wow, yeah, okay, very impressive. Yeah. Me and Sora built the Underground Railroad together. That's right, we did. Although we didn't have a train. There was no train, but, you know, I just have a feeling that that's a, that's a, that's a cool name. Yeah, I like it. It's a great name. Kind of has a cool earthbender ring to it. And, uh, you know, she starts to, or Mayu Yinyu kind of starts pointing everybody out. And he's like, well, I better, <laughs> I better introduce all these guys. Uh, all right, so right over here, you got General Ming. Uh, he's kind of the lead figure. And standing before you, you see this very, like, stern, uh, gray-bearded uh, Earth Kingdom dressed. You know, he's got a lot of, like, badges on his Earth Kingdom uh, armor. He's got, like, armor on. Has uh, he got a nice hat? He is hatless, <laughs> actually. Oh. Which means that if you were to get a hat, you'd be, I guess, a step ahead of him. I don't know. I don't really know how those, that works in your those mind. Those badges are pretty nice. <laughs> oh, no. He switched the badges. <laughs> uh, but, yes, he looks very stern, and he just kind of gives you one of those, mm, as he gives you a, a slight nod as you approach. Uh, she points over, and she says, over there we got our, or sorry, sorry. Uh, then Mayu points at Sora, and he says, uh, this is Colonel Sora, Bola. Uh, it sounds like. Brock, you, you guys already know each other. So, I mean, that's kind of helpful. Uh, you guys see Sora. She's actually about your guys' age. Uh, but she, too, wears, you know, some very nice earthbending kind of military clothes. She has a couple of badges as well. They're different badges. If you look back closely, they're different badges than what the general has. But um, she just kind of has a big old smile on her face. Uh, she has, like, blonde hair, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's kind of short. It's about to, like, her, I don't know, chin line. I don't know how her shoulders pretty close yeah just shy of her shoulders um got a little bit of freckles going on and uh like i said she's just got a big smile on her face she's pretty excited to see her old friend brock uh mayu continues he points over he says this is a uh, major sato and sato is wearing a waterbender clothing uh he is also an older man uh very thin uh unshaven he has these large wide-brimmed glasses on and he reaches up and he adjusts them with you know one of his his central fingers like some sort of anime protagonist mm. character and he says oh it's a pleasure to meet you uh he points over to the next person he says uh, this is captain lena and you see a woman standing there and uh, she gives you all a smile and she's like hey it's uh Great to see you guys here. It's great to have uh, some more uh, people helping us out. Uh, she just seems like a bright person. Uh, she doesn't wear clothing that alludes to her Whoa. being a part of any... No. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to rephrase that. Um, she doesn't wear anything that... Gosh, dude. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> the clothing oh. she has on Get doesn't allude that she's part of any particular nation. You know, It's sort of like gray colors uh, mixed with some... Uh, maybe some neutral oh, yellow sounds weird to like pair with gray. I don't know. Orange. She's mixed. Sure, yeah, orange. <laughs> I don't know. It's not... But she doesn't seem Fire Nation just based on the style. She just kind of seems unaffiliated. Let's say that. <laughs> uh, he continues. He says, "Over there, we got Doctor Takaha. Uh, sorry, over there we got Doctor 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 
Dockers. Docker Joe. You got a right. pair of Dockers if anybody needs some stroke. pants. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Over there we got Dr. Takahashi. Um He's our he's our medic, and you see another man. He's uh, just kind of standing at attention. He's just got a nice smile, but he seems very silent, and he just gives you a, a very kind nod. Uh, next up, we got uh, engineer Nakamura and technician Kim. Uh, I mentioned them both together because, and they they kind of like put their arms around each other and they wave. It's a it's a nice couple. They're like uh, maybe in their in their forties, early forties, because um, they're they're together. They're married. Uh, so. Yeah, Nakamura and Kim, uh, and they're like, "Wow, it's you know, it's so great, it's so great to have you guys here." Yes, it's always great to see you know you you, you next generation you know taking part in in what we do around here. And then of course, we get back to myself, Mayu and you. I'm kind of the uh, the voice. Some say the face of the rebellion. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever the case, uh, I lead a lot of like the protest stuff. Some of the more like, you know, putting up posters that say, you know, like up yours to the Fire Nation, you know, that kind of good stuff. You know, stuff that yeah. really gets the yeah. common folk going. Yeah, see, see, I like this guy. I like this guy. He says Play Net Quo. He gets it. He sees my end of things. He sees what I'm doing. He knows I'm working hard. You know, he he knows it's important. Anyways, uh, anyway, that's that's everybody. So. Uh, so, uh, yeah, oh, are you guys working on the plans right now? And the general goes, yes, in fact, uh, we've gotten quite a ways through since you've been gone, Mayu. And Mayu's like, well, you know, it's, you know, this side of things isn't really my side of the operations. And he's like, well, we always appreciate having extra input, so it's nice to have you around. Well, that's right, it is. <laughs> and thanks for saying so, general. And you guys, again, like I said, you look over and you see what seems to be um, some sort of a large building that's kind of built into the ruins that seem to exist uh, somewhere. You're not really sure what this is. Sora steps forward and she says, Oh, right. Sorry about that. So a basic rundown of the current situation. This is actually our new permanent base that you're currently standing in. It's a lot better than our old base, which was actually above ground. And because of that fact, it didn't really work out too well. See, about a week ago, the Fire Nation actually caught onto our activities and discovered our base, so we had to flee down here. Which wasn't a huge issue, except for the fact that, in our hurry to leave the old base, we left some pretty important plans and documents behind. And if the Fire Nation gets their hands on them, we're going to be in hot water. Thankfully, they haven't gotten to anything currently. They have a specialist coming who works with avoiding rebel traps and deciphering rebel codes. He's not here yet, so we're planning a bit of a break-in or heist, if you will. To steal back the important stuff before he gets here. Is that where our music box is? Mayu steps in. He's like, uh, yes, uh, that's where I left the uh, Kalumba. Unfortunately, it wasn't among the things that I had time to grab on our way running out of there. And so, you know. Looks like it's time to dust off the old clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> Snyder's Return is a tabletop roleplay interview and actual play podcast. We chat with content creators from both mainstream and indie publishers, and we release actual play episodes of systems like our City of Mist game, Meddlers, Monsters and Madmen, and more games coming in the future. We also have a TTRPG review show on YouTube, Fly Like a D6. Come and check us out. You can find us on Twitter, at Return Snyder, Instagram, Snyder's underscore return, 
You can find us on YouTube at Snyder's Return, Discord, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, Skylar here, your friendly neighborhood game master. I just wanted to take a moment to let you know that we at Benders and Brews have been working our creative juices extra hard and pushing our artistic skills to the max in order to bring you some sick Benders and Brews merch. That's right. You can head on over to the Tee Public shop we created where you can snag shirts, stickers, mugs, and so much more with your favorite B&B characters on them. Grab a Chibi Mika baseball t-shirt, or maybe you want a broccoli mug designed with the Employee Blissful Brew Tea Shop logo. There's all of those and more, and even more down the road when we come up with ideas. So head on over to Tee Public and search for Benders and Brews, or you can follow us on social media where we'll post the links that'll be easily available to all of you. And of course, if you get some of our merch, be sure to tag us in a photo of you with the respective B&B swag, because all of us at the studio would love to see it. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Everything that comes out of his mouth, I feel like, is a lie. <laughs> My mouth? His... Mr. Mayu Yingu. Yingu? Yingu. Why trust him? He just seems too carefree and like, yeah, man, that's totally where I it's mean, at. Brock's wink, super wink. carefree and you... But Brock sounds more... More what? <laughs> Good. Say, say, say it. Trustworthy. Say it. More what? <laughs> My Yin Yu seems like a great guy to me, Mika. Well, you love everybody. <laughs> she's got. She's got. That's it. not true. She's got you there. That's not true. <laughs> I hate some people. Okay, who do you hate? The TV. Besides, just a general group of Fire Nation. I never yeah, said I hated Madame the fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, like, <laughs> Whoa! Hey, hey, that <laughs> is traitor. <laughs> no, no, I'm just uh, That. Well, for one, the carnival owner. Hmm. Well, okay. Not too fond of that guy. Can't blame you there. Why? Because he treated me like a garbage slave dog and. A lot of work. Made me do all sorts of nasty stuff. Cleaning up the place. Oh, I was like, man, I hope he follows that up because that sounds really bad. <laughs> That's it. He just stops. He just said, he made me do all kinds of disgusting things. It's like, oh, are you okay, buddy? Poor <laughs> <laughs> Guohan. Yeah, no wonder you hate him. He's been through some stuff. He's been through it. I don't know. I just think you're not very trusting, Mika. Why would I be? At least she's honest about that. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a guy that Mr. Ocaron specifically told us to go talk to. And if Mr. Ocaron trusts him, I feel like we should as well. Yeah, but we've never heard of him. Just because he was friends with him years ago doesn't mean... There's a lot of people Mr. Ocaron knows that we have never heard of. He seems like great father material. Not that I'm looking. <laughs> not that I'm looking. Whoa, there, buddy. Here's the thing. Uh, oh, Mayu here is probably the father to many, but uh... no, I didn't know he could hear us. Oh, neither. <laughs> so, so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh yeah, it's right over that way, there, little buddy. <laughs> Guo runs up, scampers up. <laughs> Scampers. Hiding his face. Ooh. 
the general continues. He says, yes, the, uh, the specialist isn't expected until tomorrow morning. So we have a narrow window tonight to break into the facility. The specialist is a Fire Nation guy? Yes. You know who it is? Yes. We have our sources tell us that they've called for none other than Wang Long. No. What? Wang Long. <laughs> General Wang Long, yes. He, we've uh, we've had dealings with him quite a few times. Actually, uh, Sora, you're familiar with him. And she goes, Know him. He was a guy Brock and I had to get through in order to escape that prison camp. He was the... He ran the prison. He ran the prison camp, if I remember right. Ah, so you were the first. The first to outsmart him. And one of the last... He's kind of spent his time ever since then hunting down members of the rescue team squadron. It's become sort of his personal goal, and apparently he's talked to the the Fire Nation leaders, and they've kind of allowed him that as an assignment to just specialize in us, I guess. So he ran a prison camp? Yeah, he ran a prison camp. Is that all he did? No, Uh, that's, that's not all. I think that was his beginnings in the Fire Nation leadership. You could say. Oh. I know of him. But oh. that's not how he started. How do you well, How do you know of him? Well, last I heard of the guy, he was taking a bunch of weapons over to the Earth Kingdom to go destroy countrysides. Well, he used... Did he do that too? To take down the city that he turned into a prison camp. So he did do that? Yes. It was oh. a horrible, horrible thing. He, uh, he moonlighted as a as a prison camp warden. <laughs> the memory is a little fuzzy. It's been so long since I've I've tried to repress it in my in my mind. So so my my used to story is like, wait a minute. So let me get this right. So timeline: you got this guy Wang Long becomes some sort of big shot for whatever reason in the Fire Nation, has a bunch of big mass weapons of destruction built over the fire nation brings them across the water into the earth nation uses them to attack the village that brock apparently lived at turned it into a prison camp where brock was held we send sora in to bust him out and well i guess the rest is history well, not just you. Just, just to clarify, there it wasn't yeah. just it was just the to whole everybody. break out everybody. Yeah, wow, ain't it? A, and then of course, Bill. I what's so what's you knew about the weapons and stuff? Yeah, really. I was apparently on the ship with the weapons. Really? Yeah. What a small freaking world. Yeah, and then we ran into pirates. Who's we? You and Wing Long? No. Okron. Get out of town. Mr. Okron was on the boat with you and the Wang Long and the weapons. Correct, yeah. Holy crap. Give me a moment, everybody. Just give me a moment. <laughs> Boy, I'm thinking on this one. Wow. Yeah, it's a small world, isn't it? Talk about origin stories. I gotta say. <laughs> if I were, you couldn't write it any better. You couldn't write this any more connected. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Whoa, do you do you know Wang Long? Close still in the back. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> sure, where'd that kid go? Uh, Mika, do you know Wang Long? No. <laughs> I just took a sip of water. <laughs> <laughs> huh. All right. Well, okay, we're not all connected, but hey, that's all right. That's all right. We're connected now. That's what's important. Are are we? 
Sure, yeah. I mean, we're all here. We're we all, all know Mr. We're all Okeron. fighting together. Yeah, we, yeah, Mr. Okeron. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. I wonder if Guo knows him. Maybe. Know. Yeah, Mr. Guo Okeron. knows a lot of people. Way more than that, you know. Maybe like going to carnivals. Then maybe Guo know him. Guo comes back from the bathroom. It smells like connecting exposition in here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you heard of my I heard of my cologne? <laughs> my Yinyu turns to you and he's like, Whoa, I got a story for you. And he just starts like relaying that quietly to you in the corner while the rest of you guys are all sitting around the plants. No. That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he didn't like people making fun and then, of it. And then you just see Mayu Yinyu kind of like stops for a second. And he's like, what? I, I didn't even think about that. What a stupid name. Can you imagine parents? That would get, Maybe that's why he turned into a angry, hateful Fire Nation general, I guess. That'd do it to me too, you know. Wait, so was that the, uh, the guy who sold the scepter? No. Uh, so it, that was the pirate captain uh, that later attacked right, right, the right, ship. Right, yeah. yeah. I don't know Wing Long, do I? No. Okay. <laughs> your your backstory is probably the I furthest think, disconnected. I think, from okay, that's what I was thinking. It's also I think only the two of us know Wing Long. Yes. So, I've awesome. heard rumors of Wing Long. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of other <laughs> in certain circles. Rumblings. In the locker room. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear that name again, though. Oh, yeah. He's uh, he's become a pretty big thorn in our side. That's for sure. How long has he been terrorizing the Earth Kingdom? Oh, man. Like, well, let's see. The planning that he was initially doing leading up to it probably spanned back a decade almost, you know? He's been growing for a while, but now he thinks he's at his peak. <laughs> Stop whatever the case uh i mean yeah he's been terrorizing would have been like is he the only five years maybe is there other fire nation dudes generals who are terrorizing the earth kingdom or is he like one of the lead ones yeah he's kind of one of the lead ones that's the that's the biggest difficulty that we've been having with the uh the rescue team squadron is you know he just keeps attacking the these border you know to the to the ocean cities, you know, these, these small little cities, earth kingdom nation or earth nation cities out on the outskirts of, of the earth nation kingdom. And the, you know, they just claim that, you know, Oh, we're dealing with pirates or we're doing this or stopping criminals or, you know, so-and-so is a refugee from, from the fire nation mainland and all this other stuff. And so, you know, higher ups in the earth kingdom just don't take it seriously. And they're prone to agree with these Fire Nation claims to try to avoid any kind of major confrontation when we know the truth is, is they're, they're trying to take over. I mean, they're doing things to try to take over. And, you know, that's our, like I said, that's been our biggest challenge is trying to relay that and help people understand that this is a lot more than just a few little attacks here and there. Like, this is something big. Dang. I mean, I've I've heard tell that they're doing some crazy stuff out in the secluded air uh, nomad areas. Um, some pretty dark stuff. But we just don't have any, any connections out there. I mean, they're so secluded. North, south, east, west. The, all the air temples are just so distant. 
Wow. So we can only hope and pray that, you know, whatever's happening out there isn't so as are bad there, as the, the rumors. So are there Fire Nation people inside your old base? Um, there's probably a couple guards posted out, but I don't think there's anybody like, like I said, the specialist doesn't get here till tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be a huge issue to get in there, get the stuff, get out. So long as we do it fast, like I said, as soon as the specialist gets here, he's bringing probably a small squadron himself. They're going to be well-armed. They're going to be well-trained. It's going to be a hassle. You think he's bringing more weapons? Big weapons? Yeah. Uh, probably not at the moment. He's probably coming from another Earth Kingdom area. Um, they, Like I said, they called him in because this is kind of his specialty. We are. <laughs> so we got to move fast. Yes. Tonight. Yes. Tonight, yes. Huh? Here soon, honestly. Probably the next couple hours. If you guys well, let's are go. willing to be a part of it. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, What's like I said. The plan? Sure, sure. Um, they kind of point out this uh, this diagram of this facility that they used to have um there's a different a variety of different areas leading from front to back there's you know kind of this um medical facility there's a guild space where they had like the tanners and the blacksmiths and so on and so forth that were putting the weapons together for them they had an armory they had a training area they had stables uh there was the living quarters for the the members because this was just a base for like the rescue team squadron team right this whole city that they've got going on down here i mean it's so much bigger and they've got refugees and people that have survived attacks that just don't have anywhere to go things like that living here but this was explicitly for just the rescue team squadron uh they had bathhouses and of course they had like a big front courtyard and overlooking that was a large building that kind of sort of encompassed the outside of this courtyard and there's a small room in the top of that that was the command center. And that's where the plans are being stored. And he said, uh, unfortunately, we made it so that you really can't come in through the back. There's no openings. There's no windows or whatnot in the back. So unless we broke something down, which obviously that would alert the guards, it's going to be kind of tricky to get in there from that end. Uh, but we could definitely hit it from the side, pop in from one of the windows, like I said, run in there, grab the plans, bada bing, bada boom, be out of there by uh, by midnight. No big deal. If uh, if you guys are down for that, Hi. sounds good to me. Sounds like a plan. Let's awesome. get out of here. Uh, as you guys are are kind of nodding, and he's like, "Well, hey, you know, if you guys are ready, we can we can head on now. If you guys are cool with that, sure. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, you guys go. I mean, smaller <laughs> teams probably better." Shouldn't. Yeah, let's just us go. So, like, uh, pulling a mission like this off, that's got to be worth, like, what, two badges? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the general goes, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'd be willing to, uh, sure, yes, absolutely, it's an important mission. We'd be willing to, to give you respectable badges uh, to oh. represent your achievement. If, if you can bring back the plans, not get caught, so on and so forth. Oh, of course, yes. All right, uh, <laughs> I didn't know badges meant so much to you, but uh, I'll I'll have them ready. <laughs> He's collecting a wardrobe. A wardrobe from uh, all of our adventures. Ah, he trophies. Still, he still has the hat, right? No, he, oh, he lost, he lost, the, yeah, he lost the hat. Yeah, and then we jumped the boat. Oh yeah. yeah, he lost the hat. Yeah, Dilbert has a hat though. That's true. Where is Dilbert? Just He's right here. No. <laughs> He's tired from all that sabotaging. Ah, that's true. Awesome. Um, as you guys are kind of like, you know, 
hands in the middle, break, you know, kind of level <laughs> energy, turn it around, ready to go. Uh, Mika, you hear a voice. No. As you turn around. No. And it, it simply says, Mika. And you turn around, and none other than your dad. Shut up! Is standing there. <laughs> and he sees you, and he his legs literally just like tremble and he just falls like he just buckles he they can't keep him up anymore um and he just holds out his hands he's like mika is that really you what <laughs> um i'm gonna i just i just fall to the ground where i'm at Oh man, this is really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> you're both just laying like on your knees there, like reaching out to each other, and neither of you is able to. He, he okay, fine. He picks. I, him... I have to pinch myself though to make sure I'm sure, not breathing. Sure. He he picks himself up and he just he just runs over to you and he, he gives you a big old hug. He says, "Mika, I I never thought I'd see you again." I thought you were dead. I, I thought you were dead. You're the one who who disappeared you in a giant avalanche. <laughs> I, I woke up at the bottom of the mountain, covered in snow, and I spent days just digging through the powder in hopes that you were okay. But I never found you. So I figured you must have come down on a different slope. And I went searching, thinking you must have gotten lost in the woods. I spent a week... Wandering through the woods, hoping maybe I'd find you, or even some tracks that you left behind. I ran into three hunters that claimed they saw a witch that was disguised as the little girl. I came across some weirdos, but they are mean. <laughs> they said this witch caused them a lot of trouble, and I was glad to know you were still safe. Thanks. <laughs> But I don't understand. Where did you go? How, how did you get here? Um, I f found some old man and he took care of me for a while. Well, that's certainly a strange direction to go. But as long as he took good care of you. Yeah, I worked at his tea shop for a while. You worked at a tea shop? But now he's dead, so... Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I wish I could have had the chance to thank him for taking care of you. I just can't nod my head at that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you guys you guys spend some time kind of sharing your stories up until this point back and forth. He tells you about how after he couldn't find you, he managed to sort of make his... He just kind of wandered into Yudao and the people there, you know, he saw the Fire Nation influence and such like that. He heard some of the stories about what was happening and how they were, you know, attacking even to the water tribe. Um, and he knew that wasn't safe and he wanted to be a part of, you know, trying to stop them, but he also wanted to be a part of finding you. And they talked about how uh, he managed to find members of the rescue team squadron. And they talked about how, how they had some um, organizations that would go out to some of these cities and towns that were being attacked or were under some level of Fire Nation control. And he volunteered to be a part of that in hopes that maybe one of these towns that he would get sent to he'd find you there and he chuckles about how ironic it is that you know he's been on this away team so much and yet he finds you right here in the rescue team squadron base and he thinks you know 
whatever gods or spirits or whatever are out there that, you know, he was here now because he was gearing up to leave in the next couple of days for another mission out to another <laughs> town. And he's like, man, if I had, if I had missed you and you know, you went on your way and, and that whole thing had been missed and he, he knew he found out about it somehow, he would just be a little bit torn apart, but also, you know, to some extent happy to know that you're but, still oh, okay yeah. and, and alive. So, um, but never, nevertheless, you guys, you know, share this touching moment and, uh, eventually Mayu Yinyu walks over and he says, well, uh, I don't mean to break up this beautiful reunion, uh, between father and daughter, but then don't, uh, oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, your dad says, Oh no, Mika, it's all right. Mayu has been a close friend and was a big part of getting me involved in the rescue team squadron. Mayu, what can I do for you? He says, well, uh, we were actually getting ready to head out. I wasn't sure Mika was going to come with us. I mean, you'll still be here when we get back. So uh, not to, like I said, pull her away while you guys are having such an important reunion. But, uh, you know, we can get that done and then come back here and then, you know, go from there. If, if, if that works for you guys, it'd be great to have, a, a, from what your father's told me, a, a pretty talented waterbender, you know, on our, on our team. I mean... He can just come with. Well, I could... I could come with you all, if you'd like. Okay, let's go. All right. Sure. <laughs> all right, so you've, you've recruited your dad. <laughs> He's going to come along. It's going to be interesting. Awesome. Right. Sounds good. So um, there's actually a sort of earth elevator that you guys take to get back up to the surface. And Mayu says, uh, yeah, this is uh, usually how we get back up. You know, we like to come down the chute because uh, it's really secluded and hidden and stuff. But uh, we like to leave through this because it's more direct. And, uh, you know, it's just it's a little bit more convenient. Um, but we usually don't use the elevator both ways because we don't want to, like, draw suspicion. So, you know, just to justify that, you know, because I'm sure you guys are sitting there wondering, like, well, why didn't we just come down this way? I mean, the slide was fun. Slide was fun. Yeah, I can't blame you, And this slide actually. is fun. It was yeah. great for morale. Exactly. Yeah. And we haven't had any incidences with it, which is a good sign. Yeah, the elevator's okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> were, you hoping, this being... were you hoping for, like, an up <laughs> roller coaster? Yeah. <laughs> of course I was, Bill. <laughs> All of this is being said like, as you guys slowly make your way I feel way like Brock's, like, really excited for a rock elevator. He's like, <laughs> yeah! yeah. <laughs> rock, rock, rock. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter as long as it's rough. It's rough, man. Awesome, Mika, um, Mika. Who's this guy? Yeah, <laughs> kind of freaked out when you saw him. No offense, old man, but uh... oh, no problem whatsoever. I'm very glad to meet all of you. I'm Mika's dad. What? You um, what? it's Horn? my dad. That's your. I thought it's you. I'm gonna like whisper to Mika. I thought you said your dad's dead. No, I never said oh, that. Okay, you yeah. told Chikri you didn't have a dad. <laughs> I sure? said a lot of oh, things. Yeah. What a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that random goth chick that yeah. was on the, the wild coyote boards. Yeah. You told her you didn't have a dad. You guys were bonding over it. How sort of it... she had a dad. How can you be so sure? Um, it's not like three fox dogs in a waterbender cloak, is it? <laughs> 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 Check on me. Not... Oh, <laughs> this is a bit awkward. 
Oh, well, that's a hairy calf. Okay. Hairy. <laughs> I Did you just I say cat? Calf. Oh, he <laughs> said that's a hairy cat. <laughs> is it my dad? <laughs> is it my dad, or is it just three fox dogs? It's just three. Cat? It's just three cats. Just... <laughs> Why would? Oh, don't worry, me God, I'm your dad. <laughs> Says three fox dogs in know. their trench coat. Oh but no! But you seem so sure he was dead. He seemed so sure I was dead. Well, I never gave up hope. He says as he puts his hand on your shoulder. Wow. Now, how long ago was this? Probably like a year. Yeah, probably. Like a year. Maybe not even. Mika was one of the last orphans to kind of be taken in by Mr. O'Connor. I ain't no orphan now, That's suckers. true. <laughs> oh, gee, I don't Congrats know on your alive parents. <laughs> See, that was one of the biggest struggles I had when I like I had to write like the like, description is I'm like four orphan moody teenagers and I was like, well they're not really orphans, but there's not really a word for it, so I don't Parentless. Know. Parentless. Yes. I, mean, I suppose mine could be out there too, but yeah, that's true. I never knew my parents. I mean I guess orphaned kind of just they're kind of just a, not a dust streaked memory in my mind way back there real deep. uh mika's dad kind of like looks over at guo and he says well hey there little buddy maybe someday you'll find your parents maybe they're out there looking for you right now i don't know if i'd want to oh you, you could come live with us my dad will adopt you whoa I, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> We're in an elevator. Well, actually, so you guys have come to the top of the elevator at this point, and my union's been like just kind of leading you guys towards where the old base is. But yeah, you're, I gotta go to the bathroom. Oh, uh, do you need to use the, uh, well, the bush? Yes, yes, I do. Oh. All right, everybody. I know it's only been five minutes in walking, but uh, let's take a short break so that Guo can go to the bathroom because, hey, you know, nobody wants to do a mission while you got a full bladder. <laughs> yeah, it is a, a bladder thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. All right. Should be a short break, everybody. Polish his nose. <laughs> uh, Guo goes to the bathroom Polish real quick glasses. and then comes back and Mayu continues to, to lead you guys on. As you guys approach the area where this rebel base this old rebel base rather is located at um my union you stops and he says quiet i hear something and he looks over at mika's dad and he gives him a nod and using some of the very uh capable sort of water nation trained stealth tactics uh mika's dad kind of just disappears into some bushes very quietly uh, and a couple moments later, he comes back, and you can hear voices kind of up ahead. Uh, someone seems to be um, shouting orders at people, and he comes back and he says, I'm not sure what happened, but it seems we're too late. The specialist, Wang Long, is already here. And with that, we'll end episode 11. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Of course, don't forget to follow or subscribe to our podcast through whatever podcast site that you're using, such as iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and others. Additionally, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for the social media icons. Following us on social media gives you access to all news, announcements, and of course, new episodes as they are released. 
you can check out our website, bendersandbrews.com, which will feature all of our episodes as well as news, announcements, and even cool character and player profiles. It's a great hub of information for the Benders and Brews podcast. I also want to say a massive thank you to Van Stein, who is reprising his role as Mac Took, and Catherine Storm, who is reprising her past role as Sora. Be sure to check out our prequel episodes, which feature their voices and original appearances of their characters. And if you're in need of some amazing vocal talent, be sure to get a hold of them on Casting Call Club. Links to their profiles are in the episode description. And finally, we would be truly humbled if you would be willing to take the time to leave us a review if your podcast site allows you to do so, such as on iTunes. Or in the case of YouTube, you can hit the like and subscribe button and drop us a comment. Tell us about what you thought about our podcast episodes. It sure would mean a lot to us. Avatar Legends is a tabletop role-playing game created by Magpie Games. Nickelodeon, Avatar, and all related titles, logos, and characters are trademarks of Viacom International Inc. All rights reserved. I also want to thank the following artists who you can find on Fiverr for their amazing creative work on this podcast. Character art was done by Alicio Papadraw. Background art by Kenichi. Music by Joe Tims 215 Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.